will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. We're going to sing once again from the Psalter, this time number 367. 367, hark 10,000 harps and voices, sound the note of praise above. Jesus reigns and heaven rejoices. Jesus reigns, the God of love. We'll sing all three verses, 367. Let's join together in a time of prayer. Lord our God, we gather tonight, this midweek service, to praise you for your greatness, to praise you for your power and your glory. For you are the all-powerful creator God, the one who made the heavens and the earth and everything in them. You are the glorious and the all-knowing God, the one before whom, who, before whom the angels cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord. You are the eternal God, the God who was, the God who is, and the God who is to come. You are the righteous God, the just judge of the universe. You are loving and you are merciful. You are the God who would have been just to leave us fallen in our sins. But rather, you provided a most excellent plan of redemption in the sending of your own Son, Jesus Christ. We acknowledge you, O God, as King of kings and Lord of lords. And tonight we celebrate the kingship of your Son, Jesus Christ. And we pray that his kingdom might advance more and more 
that his kingdom might advance in our own hearts. As by your spirit, you help us more and more to submit ourselves to you, to submit ourselves to your ways, to submit ourselves to your holy and righteous rule. We so often think we know better. We want to go our own ways. We pray, O God, we might see your kingdom advance in our hearts. We pray we would see your kingdom come more fully in our families, in our family relationships, the relationship of husband to wife, the relationship of parent to child, of brothers and sisters. May your kingship, O God, rule in our homes. We pray that the kingship of Jesus Christ might advance in the church, that the church may truly be a beacon of light to a lost and hurting world. Uh, Particularly now, O God, as so many questions are being asked, uh, uh, is God still in control? That your church might reach out with the love of Jesus Christ. That the gospel lamp might shine brightly. That many may come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord, as their Savior, and as their King. Lord God, may your love be evident among us as a church body. May we love each other. May we bear with each other. May we encourage each other. We pray, O God, that your kingdom might advance in our community, in our schooling, in our work, in our recreation, in every part of our life. We might see the fullness of that kingdom come. We thank you, O God, that you give us this time tonight, a time to focus on Jesus Christ, on his rule as King and Lord over all creation. Truly, O God, may you be blessed by our time this evening, and may we rejoice in this glorious privilege. We pray that your kingdom may come and your will be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And we pray, come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. Amen. Let's turn to the Psalter once again, Uh, this time to 365. See the conqueror mounts in triumph. See the king in royal state riding on the clouds his chariot to his heavenly palace gate. We're going to sing all three verses, 365.
are going to focus our attention for a few minutes tonight on Psalm 24. Psalm 24, a Psalm of David. Psalm 24, beginning at verse 1. What we hear now is God's word. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. Well, we gather by this means tonight to celebrate the ascension of Jesus Christ. And I think uh, it comes as no surprise to you uh, when I say that Ascension Day uh, is not a well-known or well-recognized Christian holiday. I don't think any of us could imagine uh, forgetting Christmas one year, or perhaps forgetting Easter one year. But maybe, maybe today, you didn't even think about the fact it was Ascension Day till, till maybe your alarm went off tonight saying, oh, that's right, we have, we have service this evening. Ascension Day is not one of the well-known uh, Christian holidays, but it is an incredibly significant Christian holiday. And so it's appropriate that we set time apart to commemorate the Ascension. Because in the Ascension, we celebrate the glory of the kingship of Jesus Christ. Kids, what is Ascension Day all about? Why do we call it Ascension Day? And you say, well, Reverend Nehemiah, that's easy. Uh, you read just a few minutes ago that Jesus went up. He ascended. He went up into heaven. And that certainly is true. Uh, to ascend means to go up. And Jesus went up to heaven and the cloud received him. But Ascension Day is more than simply about a change of geography for Jesus. His ministry on earth ending, his ministry from heaven beginning. It's more than just simply the fact that he went up, he ascended. Because, you see, to ascend carries with it a royal connotation. When a king takes his throne, he is said to ascend to the throne. And in the ascension, 
We celebrate Jesus not only going up, but taking his rightful ruling place on his throne. A day that celebrates his kingship. And that's why Psalm 24 is an appropriate text to look at. Oh, we looked at the Acts 1 text just a few weeks ago in our evening series. So this, this, this evening, we look at Psalm 24. A psalm which says, Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in, that the King may ascend. That's what we talk about tonight. This, this psalm is a, an entrance liturgy. Uh, may have even been used when the ark was brought into Jerusalem, to the temple. This psalm as the king enthroned on the ark with that seat on top, a, a symbol of God's throne, takes his place in the temple in Jerusalem. And of course, this Old Testament psalm points us forward to the ultimate king. It's a psalm of David, but not ultimately about David. A psalm which points us forward the glorious, righteous reign of King Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ ascended to heaven. And it might be easy to think that since he went from earth up to heaven, that his kingdom is only a heavenly kingdom. Oh, he sits enthroned in heaven, before him, all the angels bow. He rules in heaven. He rules over the dead in Christ. That his kingship is simply something far off and for us something future. Psalm 24 reminds us of something more. His kingdom is not only heavenly, but the psalm begins. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and those who dwell therein. Christ's kingdom is not only far off in the future, off in heaven. It's a kingdom that's been established already now. A kingdom over all creation. The earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and all those who dwell therein. Jesus Christ reigns not only in heaven, he reigns on earth. And he reigns over all of the earth and all the dwellers of the earth. Our psalmist says, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. His kingdom is established, founded upon the seas, established on the rivers. It's very interesting how many um, ancient Near East uh, cosmologies, uh, ideas of how the world began, have to do with a battle between the sea and the land. The sea as a picture of chaos, the land a picture of stability, and how the land and the land gods must conquer over the sea. Not surprising that that many cosmologies would talk about the establishment on the waters because the Bible speaks that way. The Bible which gives us the truth. He founded it upon the seas. The chaos has been conquered. He established it upon the rivers. The waters have been tamed by Jesus Christ, tamed by the King. And that idea of taming the waters, powerful over the waters, is found elsewhere in the Psalms. We think of a Psalm like, uh, like Psalm 93, where it's a psalm of enthronement. We talked about the enthronement psalms. The Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. 
The Lord is robed, he has put on strength as his belt. Yes, the world is established, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old, you are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord, the floods have lifted up their voice. The floods have lifted up their roaring, yet mightier than the thunder of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty, more powerful than the chaos. He establishes the world firmly over the waters. And we think of, of the creation story itself, how the, how the world began. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, this chaotic mass going on, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, and then God says, let there be light. And he begins to establish cosmos, order, over that chaotic arrangement. As the creation is is spoken of so beautifully, so poetically in Psalm 104. The psalmist says this, He sets the earth on its foundations, that it should never be moved. You covered it with the deep as with a garment. The waters stood above the mountains. At your rebuke they fled. At the sound of your thunder they took to flight. The mountains rose, the valleys sank down to the place that you appointed for them. You set a boundary that they may not pass, so they may not again cover the earth. God's kingdom is firmly established. No cosmos, no chaos, but cosmos, order, Christ's rule. We wonder, is God still in control? It seems like the powers of the world are so great. No, the kingdom is here, has been established, not only in heaven, not only in the future, but now, right now, Jesus Christ reigns on the earth. And he reigns as a perfect king, as the one who is qualified to ascend to the throne. Back to our psalm. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? Who will go up? Who will take the spot of ruler? The answer, he who has clean hands and a pure heart who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He who has clean hands and a pure heart. And in these two phrases, clean hands and pure heart, we see the external qualification, we see the internal qualification. One who has clean hands, one who always acts uprightly, one who does all things well. That was Jesus Christ. And he's the, he's the only one of whom it can truly be said he had clean hands. He did nothing wrong. But he lived a righteous, perfect life without sin. Perfect external actions, clean hands, and a pure heart. We know our hearts are not pure. But Jesus' internal desire was always focused on the glory he would bring to his Father. Even, even as he faced the cross and the pain of the cross, he would say, not my will, but yours be done. 
none of us, not David, none of us would be qualified to, to sit on this kingly throne. There is only one. Only Jesus Christ had the perfect qualifications to rule, to ascend to the throne, and to reign as king. And as he does so, the, psalm, the psalmist says, he will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. He will receive blessing from God. How is, how is Jesus blessed in the ascension to his throne? You know that Jesus, for all eternity, was in perfect Trinitarian fellowship with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And yet, in God's providence and in God's time, he would leave that perfect fellowship. He would come down from heaven to earth and walk among sinful men and women. He would be falsely accused. And he would ultimately be condemned to death, a death on a cross, a death that was accursed by God. To be crucified was, a, was an, a visible example of God's curse upon this person. But that is not the end for Jesus Christ. He would rise from the dead and he would ascend as vindication, as blessing from God. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Jesus' ascension is a, a testimony to the perfection of his work, to the perfection of what he has accomplished as he receives blessing from God and righteousness from him. And then the psalmist says, such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. He's talking about us the generation of those who seek him. How can this be? How can we be like this, clean hands and pure heart? The only way we find these words applicable to us is when we are found in Jesus Christ. When he is truly our Lord, our King. For we could never measure up to these perfect standards. Only by His grace would we seek His face. We've been talking about that in our morning services, about God irresistibly drawing us, God enlivening our hearts, God preaching the Word to us so we could be, have new life. He makes us seek Him when His Spirit is at work. We are included with Jesus and with the blessing He receives when we are found in Him. Because in His ascension, we see a promise, a, a guarantee of our own ascension. Jesus Christ went bodily from earth back to heaven as a picture for us, as a reminder for us that we too, though we be put in the grave, will not remain there. Our resurrected bodies will be taken to be with our Lord and our Savior. It's that comfort we hold on to when we stand at the graveside. 
when we lay a loved one to rest, we know this is not the end. Because of the ascension, there is more to come. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. And this blessing, this blessing is for all who are found in Jesus Christ. It is for all who bow the knee to his kingship who recognize him as King of kings and Lord of lords. So once again tonight, the call of the gospel goes out. Embrace this Lord Jesus. Recognize this great King. Bow before him. Confess your sins and know the joy of salvation and the assurance that this world is not the end. Just as he ascended to the throne, so he will take us to be with him. He had the perfect qualifications, and in him we find ourselves qualified before the Lord as, as well, and only, only as we are found in him. His kingdom is firmly established. He is the perfect king, and as such, he deserves all the praise. The psalmist ends with this um, this personification of the gates. They speak about the gates as if they're almost human. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. The psalmist speaks of the King of glory entering in through the gates. The Lord mighty, mighty in battle. That's Jesus Christ. He's, uh, he's sometimes portrayed as, as meek and, and frail and mild and all of these, these soft terms, but Christ is a victorious king. He has beat the battle. He is mighty in battle. The victor. The victor over our sin. The victor over death itself. The victor over Satan. Satan's power is nothing compared to the King of kings, to the Lord of lords. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up that the King of glory may come in. The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Our King deserves our praise. The psalmist goes on. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. The Lord of hosts, the Lord of armies, the Lord who controls all the hosts of heaven, the Lord who controls all his host on earth, the Lord who is the king and head of his church, and so calls his church to bring him the praise which he so deserves. His kingship, his lordship, the fact that he is ruling right now needs to be evidenced in our lives. We are citizens of his kingdom. He is our Lord. And as such, we need to see that kingdom advancing. We prayed for that earlier tonight. His kingdom advancing in our own homes, his kingdom advancing in our marriages. Because Jesus Christ is king, men, you need to care for your wives because the king commands you to, whether you feel like it or not. 
Because Jesus Christ is king, women, you need to properly submit and love your husbands because Jesus Christ is king. He commands that. You're a citizen of his kingdom. And our lives have to reflect that his kingdom power continues to advance. Kids, you are called to obey mom and dad, not only because they're mom and dad, but because of the kingship of Jesus Christ. He is ruling, he is reigning over your home. And he tells you how it is you are to live. And he gifts you with the Holy Spirit that you can begin to live that way. We see his kingdom advancing in our work. When we don't simply go to work to to punch a clock, to put in our 8 or 10 or 12 or whatever hours it is, we go to our work because Christ has gifted us. And we look for opportunities to use those gifts for his glory, for his honor, because he rules over the labor that we do. He rules over our education. He rules over our recreation time. We're getting ready for the weekend and for the holiday weekend. And perhaps you have plans for this weekend. Christ rules over that. There's never a time we are out of his sight. There's never a place where his kingdom is not advancing under his rule. We recognize his ascension. Because of his ascension, he touches absolutely everything that we do. Lift up your heads, O gates. Be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. That's what we celebrate tonight. Not just moving from earth back to heaven, but Jesus Christ the King, ascending his royal throne, the one vindicated by God the Father himself, the one who sends the Spirit onto his people, and the one who calls us to live as faithful citizens under the kingship of our Lord, of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, may God help us, not only tonight, but throughout the rest of the week and the month in our lives to celebrate his glorious ascension, the King of glory. Let's join together in prayer. Lord our God, we praise you for the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. We praise you for his perfect work of redemption, that he did everything necessary to secure our life with you. And we thank you, O God, that you vindicated his work by receiving him back into heaven where even now he sits on the throne. Lord God, give us Give us that glorious kingdom vision that Jesus Christ is not a weak king, he's not a frail king, he's not a king whose kingdom is limited in any way, but he rules over all, and he rules over every part and every minute of our lives. May we see his kingdom advancing as we continue to live for the glory of our king. Hear our prayer, O God, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We're going to sing once again from the Psalter hymnal number 368. 368, Rejoice, the Lord is King. 
your Lord and King adore. Rejoice, give thanks, and sing, and triumph evermore. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice. I say again, rejoice. His kingdom cannot fail. He rules o'er earth and heaven. The keys of death and hell are to our Jesus given. Lift up your heart, lift up your voice, rejoice. Again I say, rejoice. We're going to sing all four verses, 368. Tonight, we have the privilege of bringing our tithes and offerings for the ministry of Crossroads. If you'd like to send those in, you may do so. To close our service, we're going to turn to number 369. Number 369, Hail thou once despised Jesus, hail thou Galilean King, thou didst suffer to release us, thou didst free salvation bring. Hail thou agonizing Savior, bearer of our sin and shame. By thy merits we find favor. Life is given through thy name. Jesus, hail, enthroned in glory, there forever to abide. All the heavenly hosts adore thee, seated at thy Father's side. There for sinners thou art pleading. There thou dost our place prepare, ever for us interceding, till in glory we appear. We're going to sing the first three verses, one, two, and three. Then I will give the benediction, and then we'll sing verse four.
Receive the parting blessing of our God, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.